cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You know what it is. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we put the fun in functional fantasy analysis. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. With me, as always, is my man, Matty Modica. And Matt, you know, this is one of those weeks, I guess, when no teams are on by, there's a lot more potential for injury. And we had that a ton, interestingly enough, in advance of the trade deadline. So I got to let everybody know we are recording with a couple of hours left. Here, Montez Sweat is on his way, and there may be others, but we are here on trade deadline day when teams look themselves in the mirror, declare themselves as buyers or sellers, and you got to do that with your fantasy teams as well. What's going on, Matt? How are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, exciting week. Uh, overall, very good. And uh, last night's game was fun for the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jameer Gibbs really kind of announced mm -hmm. himself, right? I think about 150 yards just on the ground, a weapon in the passing game as well. So, yes, and the Detroit Lions really kind of solidify themselves, I believe, as one of the top-tier teams in the NFC. But we got plenty of time to discuss that as the NFL teams make their playoff push. I think, unfortunately, as fantasy teams make their playoff push this week, Matt, that there are a lot of kind of moving and shaking that has to happen at the quarterback position, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins yeah. goes down with the Achilles. His season is done. Matthew Stafford with a thumb injury. Kenny Pickett with the rib injury. Desmond Ritter, maybe he cleared the concussion protocol. Maybe not. Maybe it's Heineke because of actual performance. And then there's the New York Giants. And I got to tell you, I'm in the New York area. Oh, my God, was that a dumpster <laughs> fire of a game where I literally thought at one point the Giants were going to win that game with eight yards passing. So I guess it's good that even though Terod is down, it looks like Danny Jones will be back. But when you see all of the quarterback injuries here, Matt, and we talk about the ripple effects, not only if you have the quarterback, but if you have a guy like, oh, I don't know, Puka Nakua or TJ Hawkinson or George Pickens, what do you see as the biggest impact here with these quarterback injuries? Uh, well, I think it's Cousins, obviously, is the most. Because uh, Jefferson, you're hoping, was coming back. And who's throwing him the ball? Addison was emerging. Hawkinson, you know, was playing really well. So that offense just, you know, what what are they now? I mean, right. you've seen it with the Jets. I mean, Garrett Wilson is so good that he's averaging like 15 points a game with a guy that's just awful. <laughs> I mean, so... You know, I guess that's the hope with, like, Jefferson and stuff. I mean, that's just catastrophic. And even more so, like, I have some teams with, like, Fields and Cousins. Right. And, you know. Now what? Now I need a quarterback. Or, or Fields and Goff. Goff's on a bye. Fields not playing. So, I mean, there's going to be some sketchy, at least I'm looking at some sketchy uh, quarterback situations with the week nine bye here. Uh, funny, there were no buys last week, so right. go for it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And, you know, you mentioned that Detroit is on a buy. Just to let everybody know, there are four teams on a buy this week. Not only Detroit, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, the San Francisco 49ers, who could use it after their last <laughs> few games, and the Denver Broncos, who pulled off what has to be the upset of the season so far at home, handling the Kansas City Chiefs. Another note, not only the teams on buy, but the NFL goes back across the pond. This yes. week in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins, big time game that the 
folks over in Frankfurt will get to see. So just make sure that is one of those early starts. Get your lineup set early on Sunday. But um, let's start looking back here at last week. And last week, you know, we're going to go game by game. We'll do some of the waivers at the end. Maddie, last week started on Thursday Night Football. The Bills take mm-hmm. care of the Bucks, 24-18. Matt, I told you about Dalton Kincaid last week. Yeah, and he had five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. And looks to me like he's going to be a piece of that offense moving forward. What would you see in that game? He should have had two touchdowns. He got fair, tackled fair. on like – like the half inch line. So, uh, no, look, it, it was really good to see what knocks out on the IR. Uh, it sets him up well. I think this is what he needed. I know they're both tight ends. It's kind of played two different positions. But, you know, we, we're seeing it come to fruition here. The other big takeaway for the Bills is Gabe Davis, 12 targets. The slowest ADAT of his career. The Bills, I mean, Diggs is one of my favorite players. He is him. But the Bills' defense has been shredded by injuries. They are not the same defense from earlier in the season, like what they did to Miami. They're going to have to score points, and they're going to need to, they're going to need other people besides Diggs to do it. Shakir, I don't know if Shakir's numbers will be a weekly, you know, will fall over weekly. But they moved the ball around. The one disappointment is the Bills' love affair with old running backs. They're giving they're treating Latavius Murray like he is. Uh, Jamal Williams from last year. He is not. He gets stuffed on these short yardage plays. Uh, they signed Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to transpire. I think uh, James Cook is really good. Should be utilized in the screen game a hell of a lot more. He's got, you know, he's got juice to his game. I don't get it. I'm hoping after this mini buy, hmm. they implement him more. On the Buck side, real quick, Godwin solid. Evans averted a bust week. He would have yeah. had like 1.9 touchdown. He caught that off the face, whatever. Off the helmet. And for Rashid White owners, I mean, he's really good in the passing game. That's why he was attracted to them. And that's what's saving him because they have no run game. And if they're going to use it like that, it's a benefit to him. Yep, fair enough. And listen, I was with you on the James Cook, but I got banged out because I had him over two and a half receptions, and that did not deliver for me on Thursday (laughs) night. As we move on to Sunday, Dallas all over the Rams. 43-20 was the final. Dak looks good. To me, the biggest thing here is what about Stafford, you know, and the implications there for some of these receivers. I mean, there are teams out there relying on Puka Nakua, relying on Cooper Cup, where the backfield was interesting. We were trying to figure that one out and then you know we got uh freeman involved as well so it's going to be interesting to see what this rams offense looks like that's what i'm looking for out of this yeah i mean the stafford thing it does have a major uh ripple effect i mean cooper cup in his last two games has 17 targets six receptions 50 yards and no touchdowns so i mean that's suboptimal right there and puka nakua had the huge game against the steelers but two out of the last three games have not been that good. I mean, he's been fantastic. I am not shitting on him in any way. He has been worth every. So let me ask you though, Matt. Spent. That's with Matthew Stafford, right? Mm-hmm. What happens if Stafford is compromised, or they have to go to the backup? What? Where does that place Puka Nakua? Right? Does he drop to a? I don't know. Low end wide receiver two. If you starting to see this happen, and Stafford is compromised on some level. I mean, if Stafford don't play, it's going to affect Cup. It's going to affect Puka. Yeah. Uh, this backfield is meh. I mean, maybe Hendo's the guy you want, but you know, uh, it's it's a really uh, 
ugly situation without Stafford there. And on the Cowboys side, I mean, C.D. Lamb, the one thing they've done well these last couple of games is they've gotten C.D. Lamb heavily involved. And the offense just looks so much better. The Tony Pollard thing, I mean, look, they, they didn't really need Pollard this game, but it's been like a downward trend for him. He's still a really good player, uh, but he only gets one target. Again, they were up 26-3 right. like that. I mean, it was – and I think the Cowboys, what they've shown me this year is they could beat up the really bad teams. That's right. Uh, I want to see what they do against the Eagles this week. They don't have to win, but it's got to be really – you know, I'm, I think they're a, a good, solid team. I don't know if they're like one of the upper echelons. Right. Their defense, you know, with Parsons, but they're missing Vanderash. Diggs is gone for the season. So against the better teams, I just want to see how that shakes out. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. I think it's clear that Dallas will be playing in – early January. The question is, will they be playing in yes. late or January? I think exactly. that is, to be fair, C.D. Lamb, obviously, with a huge game in that one. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings beat Green Bay 24-10. to Obviously, the Cousins injury is the huge storyline here, what Minnesota decides to do, because mm-hmm. we were hearing they were you know, wondering, would they be buyers? Would they be sellers? They win the game to get to 500, but they lose their quarterback. So we'll see what they do. But I got to say this to you, Matt. For me, the other thing out of this game is, you know, what is this Green Bay offense? You know, at the beginning of the year, we were like, oh, Jordan Love may be one of these young quarterbacks, like a Sam Howell that may be taking a step. And outside of the first couple of weeks, it has turned ugly, in my opinion. And that's an, that those are implications for guys like Watson and Dubs as well. What did you take away from this game? Yeah, Watson's has been pretty, pretty bad. I mean, I know he had the injury, but he hasn't gotten anything done. Dobbs has now become touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. The last three games, seven catches, 52 yards, and two touchdowns. Are you so, starting Dobbs anymore? Uh, I mean, I had to start him with, with some injuries I had in in a couple of places. I don't really want to start him, but this week there's buys, and I, right. he may be a flex option. Some league, One format I play has two flexes, sure. so I may have to roll him out there and hope he gets a touchdown. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones, the other thing, he's not fully healthy. That's really crippling his production. Uh, from the Vikings side, obviously, we, we touched on it. The, the pass catchers really get hurt here, but the running back situation – I mean, it's Akers versus Madison. I think, you know, Akers got the first rushing touchdown of the season for them. Mm-hmm. Neither really impresses me. Uh, so, I mean, I guess Akers looks a little better right now. Yeah. But and I remember, I, I think, a know. week or two asking you, do you think there's a chance that once we hit the fantasy playoffs that Akers is actually the lead dog? I think, you know, the Akers, you know, Relatively speaking, the arrow might be pointing up in terms of Minnesota's perception of how they may use him. But to be quite honest, all of that gets kneecapped if they're riding with this fifth round pick at quarterback. Yeah, that or I mean, I heard Jameis, but I don't McCoy is out there and stuff like so. We'll see. I got another idea for you as we go to this next game, which was the Tennessee Titans over the Atlanta Falcons in their Houston Oiler jerseys to be (laughs) clear, which was interesting. Could Ryan Tannehill potentially be a name on the move here now? Because, Matt, I got to ask you, is it Will Levis season? I mean, the guy threw Four touchdowns, a lot of them over the top to D-Hop. If I'm the Tennessee Titans, you know, priority one for me for the rest of 2023 is to evaluate Will Levis. 
in my opinion. Yeah. So what do you think about Will Levis? And is he like a thing? Uh, he, it's him now, Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> and and who's in the their first start? For the Falcons last year. Damn, I just lost his name. Mariota? Yeah, Mariota. To throw four touchdown passes in their first game. So that's just right there. Uh, look, Levis, what he did really well was he was throwing the ball down the Bombs field. Bombs away to a guy like And he was throwing it to his best player. And even, you know who, it didn't translate on the stat sheet, but he threw a couple of deep passes to Traylon Burks. Yeah, he did. They didn't get. They One didn't down the left sideline that he overthrew so him out of the. Yep. I got a lot of Burks stashed away. And now I have some promise here. Uh, now, here's the thing with Levis. I don't, I don't think I can recommend starting him this week. Okay. It's Thursday night at Pittsburgh. Tough. They lost Minka Fitzpatrick, which really hurts their defense and could help Levis, but it's in Pittsburgh and the Steelers right. defense. Thursday night in know, Pittsburgh, that profile is like a 16-13 game if I ever saw one. Yeah, and look, they lost 20-10 to 10 against Jacksonville. It was a rock'em, sock'em game and mm-hmm. all that. So I'm not saying don't pick up Levis. I, I'm just saying I wouldn't probably start him this week. But again, I got teams where I got three quarterbacks and Ritt is my third. And I don't even know if he's quarterback. Right. I don't know if I want to start him. So I got no quarterbacks, which is crazy. So, I mean, that's the upside there. Bijan got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, London and Ritter concussions. I got a question mark on that. London did get popped. I did see that hit. That was, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't think he's uh, in danger, but monitor that. If you're running, if you're running Atlanta, are you running out Ritter if he's cleared or Heineke? Like, because I, I I wonder, to be quite honest, if they were to move to Heineke, is that actually a boost for guys like Pitts and London in the passing game? Because we saw really the way Ritter was, you know, we thought he was, mm-hmm. he had some bright spots at home, right? But I've seen Heineke before, and I'm not saying he's a you know rock star quarterback, but I wonder if he's actually better for these guys on the outside. Uh, I'm I'm kind of torn with this because I've seen Heineke too. Heineke comes right. in, you get that little jolt at first, and then he's Heineke. Yeah. So and Ritter, I mean, he was awful. He deserved to be benched anyway. Mm-hmm. That game, to be honest with you. But like the week before at Tampa, he should have had like. Yeah, then he fumbled going Four touchdowns. He fumbled twice, you know, the interceptions. So he just can't get out of his own way. So, I mean, to me, maybe Heineke helps the passing game. You know, they did get – they did start moving the ball, getting some – you know, he made it a game. So it's going to be interesting, something to monitor. So maybe he's a little bit of a boost, but I'm not thrilled in either way. We'll see. Fantasy Freestyle here. Dane Martinez, Matty Modica representing the Cloud 10 Podcast Network, giving you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Another game that I found interesting, the Saints go into Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They beat the Colts 38-27. I asked you last week. I'm going to ask you again. Why? Because Taysom Hill did it again, Matt. Two touchdowns on the ground and a reception, and he threw a ball for 44 yards. I mean, if he is eligible at tight end at some point, Matt, we got (laughs) to accept that, like, he's a stable source of points out of the tight end position if eligible there in your league. They are who we thought they were, and we let him off the hook. Yeah, no, he is, uh, he's a weapon. The guy really is a weapon, I have to say. I mean, I would be using him in that offense. The one takeaway, when we talk about Jameis, 
I don't see why they don't trade Jameis because Dennis Allen will never play this guy. We saw it it's last true. year. He will never play him. So just trade him. You know, get whatever you get, you get is, is something better. Uh, Kamara, two touchdown game. Yeah. I mean, the shocking thing was he only got five targets. He was getting like 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14. Uh, Shaheen, three for three. Oh, your boy. Yards, a touchdown. But the, the crazy thing here is Olave, nine targets, five receptions, 46 yards, 170 air yards. This guy is consistently up there in the air yards. It just doesn't seem to translate with him and Carr. And on the Colts side, Pittman and Downs are, are are their receiving options. And Downs has really been playing well. I mean, Pittman's yeah. been solid all year. But Downs is really, these past few games, you know, proven to be, you know, he, he's definitely a flex play, especially with these buys, you, you know. So he's been really good. And real quick, yeah. JT, big first half. I was all excited. But then Moss gets the touchdown run. And then Moss got the touchdown, got worked it in. The, I mean, Zach Moss, I keep benching this guy. And he keeps <laughs> he's had two games out of what, like, his six starts that he's under 10 points. The rest of them, you know, mid-teens, 20 points. So, I mean, he's a guy that you probably got to start this week with the buys. Uh, real yep. quick there. I mean, I know I heard something. JT had a little ankle thing, but he, I think, had more reps than Moss in the second half. So, I don't think he's hurt or anything like that. But – just take a look. We'll see about that. You know, with the idea of the air yards for Olave, obviously what you saw out of your boy, Rishi Shahid, I wonder, you know, 38-27 was the final score of that game, right? Way over the total. That was an entertaining game, I got to say. It was, but I wonder, you know, because, for example, the last week we saw the Saints not really able to move the ball much on the Thursday. I wonder if this overall game and the kind of production we saw from that game is – is something to hang your hat on or something more of an anomaly just given the context of that one game against Indianapolis? Well, I think they should have beat Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, they basically shot themselves in the foot time and time again. And the guy, uh, the tight end dropped that. Morneau, yeah. Yeah, Foster Morneau, uh, Moreau, excuse Moreau. me. So, I mean, the division is there for the Saints to kind of take it. Mm-hmm. It's not a tough division. Especially if Atlanta's and- faltering right now. Yeah, it's like nobody seems to want it. So, yep, we'll see about that. Listen, I've got uh, I've got some crazy division winner parlays that I did over <laughs> the summertime. You know, every time they give me a bonus bet over the summertime or a boost, mm-hmm. I just do a little four division parlay, a five division parlay, and some of them, you know, were anchored with the Saints in that division. So we shall see. I love the fact that I was big on Baltimore going into the season. I love the fact that I was big on Miami going into the season, and you know, so these things could pop off. But I, I love the fact that I was into Detroit going into the season. But I need the Saints to complete some of those. Speaking of Miami, they at Mm -hmm. home take care of the Patriots 31 to 17. And listen, you know, they scored 31 points. But my takeaway on this, honestly, is, you know, going into the season, I thought "Eh, it could be Mostert. It could be Wilson. It could be Ahmed. It could be Achan. But I now no longer necessarily think that this that the scheme is plug and play. I think Achan was a beast, you know, because. It didn't look plug-and-play. Jeff Wilson Jr., five carries, 23 yards. Mostert, 13 for 46. I think he fumbled the ball as well. At one point, I thought, a la San Francisco, you could just put anybody back there and it would be okay. 
I don't know if I think that way about this Miami running back position anymore. I think HN really is part of what made that go. What do you say, Matt? I'll push back a little. I think uh, Mostert is having a phenomenal year. Okay. And he had the ankle injury. He didn't practice Wednesday. He didn't practice Thursday, Friday. And the Patriots, the defense, I got to give them credit. They got some huge losses, you know, with Judon and Gonzalez. And, and they played tough. I mean, look, it's yeah, the division. power of, yep. of the Dolphins. So, you know, it is kind of, you know, they are kind of good against the run kind of. And he got the touchdown. So I'm going to give Mostert a pass on on this okay. one. He's been too good. He's been too good this year. But it was good to see Waddle get involved. Yeah. You know, get the 12 targets, seven catches, 120 yards. Uh, getting Jalen Ramsey back, who I was oh, yeah. kind of like worried. He, last year, he seemed to take a step back. He's been so great in his career. Coming off this injury, but got the pick. Mm-hmm. You know, looked like he had a chance for uh, chance to go down the right sideline. He said he was going to get a pick six going into yeah, this game. And at one point, when I saw him picking going down the sideline with some level of a convoy, I was like, "Oh snap, he's actually going to do it." But yeah. regardless, that does enhance that Miami Did defense. You see the if you think about them in the playoffs of, uh, of a McDonald uh, of of the head coach, where he's like, he told me he was getting a pick six, not right. a pick field goal. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but on the on the New England side, a couple of things to take away yep. here. I know where you're uh, going. Bourne had been really solid. Yeah. And he's done for the year. So Demario Pops Douglas. Yep. Season could be on, could be here, put it that way. Yep. 84% routes. Uh, Zeke is really hurting Remdore. I mean, this is yes. just, it's just too close. And the Patriots don't have a good passing game. And, you know, Ramdori was a guy I liked, but I, I didn't draft because I just felt like they were going to have a second guy there. But so he kind of got tired at the end of last year, seemed to be the, the mantra. Mm-hmm. And they need to use that guy in, in, in the short passing game. But it, it, it is what it is there. Yeah, so, fair enough. Hopefully A-Chan is back week 11. I am praying. I have so many fans. I need this. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll let you know also that you referenced it before. I'll bring it up again later in the show. But Demario Douglas is only on three percent of rosters. So with the Kendrick Bourne injury, he is done for the year with an ACL. He could be one of the wide receivers we talk about a little bit later on in the show. To be sure, in a battle of the New York area at MetLife <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're starting to laugh. I had to watch this. As I watched a lot. Of it, just just because I had the Jets in a parlay, so I, gotcha. just didn't get into it. I had the Jets plus four in a teaser, and I'm like, if Graham Gano hits this field goal, I'm done. They go right. up six, and he shanks a gimme. I think at one point there was like a 99% win probability yes. for the Giants, and I also got to tell you, this is the beauty of live betting. The second Tarad went down with the injury, and Tommy DeVito. That's a fugazi. Forget about it. Hey, was warming up. I went and bet the hammer, the live under, which I got at 29 and a half. And they were clearly not moving the ball. At one point, I thought the Giants were going to win this game with a grand total of eight yards passing. But, uh, you know, it was ugly. Maybe there was some weather involved. I mean, is there anything really to take away from this game? I mean, we kind of know what the Jets offense is like under Zach Wilson. We know about Brees Hall. We know about Garrett Wilson. And we know that Saquon is going to be this engine even when Danny Dimes comes back for the Giants. Is there really anything to add on this one? Or do we just put this to bed six feet under? Three three quick hits here. Okay. Garrett Wilson is just that good. He's great. What he's doing with this. Some of his catches. It's just throw him the ball. 
I mean, if it's 50 50, they got mm-hmm. a good enough defense, even if you throw a pick, just, you just keep them involved. And Brees, you know, he only rushed about 12 times for 17 yeah. yards. And so they were kind of focused reception on touchdown that. out of the backfield, though. But yeah, out of the backfield there. And I think you just got to keep feeding Brees. And I'm very high, even with the quarterback situation, on Wilson and Hall going forward in the second half. I, I think the schedule kind of opens up for them. They got Miami twice. Those should be games you're going to have to, even if they get blown out, you know, they're going to have to put up points. And, you know, yeah. Miami's defense, I'm not really that worried about. Uh, Saquon, just an absolute beast. The question is, do the Giants get a second round before him decide mm. to trade him? I don't think so. But I think the Giants should just trade everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, right? yesterday, but they really need to do that. Yeah, the it's challenge, right. in my opinion, Matt, is, you know, if you are going to try to acquire Saquon, you have to also, through back channels or whatever, make sure you can kind of lock up a contract situation as well, or then it becomes kind of a uh, a three-month rental on some level. But we will see here the trading deadline is fast approaching here, just in advance of what we're doing here on Fantasy Freestyle. Another game that had weather involved maddie was uh jacksonville going to pittsburgh they beat the steelers 20 to 10 for me you know i think we are seeing the the ascension of a specific player to elite Mm -hmm. status and that's etn um in my opinion i mean scrimmage yards almost 150 he gets the touchdown and i mean i'm wondering you know, we were thinking about guys like Tank Bigsby in the preseason, but ETN is one of the few like bell cows left in the NFL, and I'm trying to give him his props with this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Uh, I mean, I said it when we were doing the running back thing. I was really yeah. high on him. I put out a tweet. Everybody, like all the cool kids were stacking the Jags, like right. quarterback, receivers. And look, you know, the tight end's been phenomenal. Ingram's Ingram. really been great. And what's his name? The slot receiver has been super solid as well. Kirk, thank you. Uh, But ETN has just been a beast. He's been overlooked. Uh, They were saying, oh, he's not going to catch passes. And he's catching passes. You know, that play he got that touchdown on. I mean, maybe if Patrick is there, it's a little different, but he wasn't. Is he a top five back rest of the season? I I probably got to think so with this offense. And, you know, they have a really good defense that gets overlooked sometimes, too. So I I think, you know, with the offense, having a solid defense, he's going to put him in situations. I think he's proven he's the guy now. Uh, You don't got to worry about Tanks. He's good as a stash, as a handcuff, if something was to happen to him, God forbid. But Ingram, as I mentioned, the key takeaway for the Steelers for me, I mean, besides the injury, I mean, Fitzpatrick injury is really going to hurt them. Uh, Pickett getting hurt. Right. Mitchell Trubisky is just not good. We we know <laughs> that. But Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson, 14 targets. Okay, that's not super surprising for him. But the the A dot, which is usually a low A dot for him, was very high. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what to make with Trubisky, if we can get him the ball. But that was a big takeaway. Uh, Pickett salvaged his day. So that's really what I got from this game. Okay. 
Fair enough. Let's keep it moving here. I think the highest scoring game of the day was in our nation's capital, where mm -hmm. we had the Philadelphia Eagles go in, take care of the commanders. And listen, I was happy that I got the full seven because I like those home division dogs and I pushed on that one. Eagles win this one 38-31. I'd love to know what you think because I have a takeaway from you that is less fantasy related on some level, but I think a really important thing for the Philadelphia Eagles that I, I'll uh, I'll uh, put your way after you tell me. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? Uh, I mean, just like A.J. Brown is just – he's like him. Double covered, it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, he, he just makes it happen. Hurts, you love to see he had four touchdown passes. Devonta Smith, a much-needed 7-for-7, 99 on a touchdown. On the flip side, Howell, the biggest thing would happen – it seems like the Redskins really get up for the Eagles. They yeah, can't really they play them tough. Anybody else. Gave him their but first the loss last year, too. Yes. The biggest takeaway was the one sack from Howard. He had almost 400 yards. Like right. Because he was like touchdowns. on pace to break Carr's record, right? Yeah. And Terry uh, McLaurin, solid game. But Jahan Dotson finally, finally emerged. Finally emerged. You know, 10 targets, eight, over 100 yards touchdown. Logan Thomas continues to be a really reliable tight end. He's going to have those two-point weeks as well, but, you know, the tight end landscape is just garbage. And uh, B-Rob, Brian Robinson, uh, thank God uh, Rodriguez didn't get any touches, but he's become like a flex play kind of at best, touchdown dependent. I think they need to get him more involved, but he was like a, a shoe-in RB2, and that's kind of changed, unfortunately. All right. I got to tell you something, man. This is, I acknowledge, less a fantasy take. The Eagles did something for the first time in that game that I think is very important for the Philadelphia Eagles as they have aspirations of winning a Super Bowl. Uh, what that is, Matt, and I might surprise you, is they lined up in the push-push brotherly shove formation and ran a counter to DeAndre Swift. That was such a great play. And that's what I, I think that is so important because mm -hmm. now you see it when they're lining up with that on fourth and short or whatever on the goal line, these defenses now and Washington, I think even got them to fumble or something in, in, uh, in the touch push play earlier in the game. Yes. These defenses know what's coming. So eventually Philly was going to have to show something and put it on tape outside of that, from that formation. I think about it with like Tim Tebow back in the day, right. Or mm -hmm. Some Hill in the Wildcat, you know what's coming. They have to eventually have the derivative off that to keep people honest. And Philly finally did that. And I think in the long term, not necessarily for fantasy, because Hertz is still going to get his rushing touchdowns and all that. But I think for the Philadelphia Eagles, mm -hmm. it was very important to put that other look out of that formation on tape for the long term sustainability of the Philadelphia Eagles as they try and win a Super Bowl. Uh, excellent point. I think that was an excellent point that you uh, mentioned there. You play to win the game. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll no, it take that. Big, it, it really is big. It really, it really is. That, They're whole, have to... that was an unstoppable play. That's even like more unstoppable now. It is. They're going like, to have to, right. You got to account, account for this. Have to account for it. Exactly. It's the same as if, you know, if Mark Teixeira was getting shifted on for years and years and years, mm -hmm. and he actually dropped the bunt down the third baseline, you know, then defenses would have to be like, oh, we have to consider that as well. Battle of the first and second quarterbacks off the board in last year's draft. 
And the Panthers get their first win of the season, 15-13, over the Houston Texans. Now, listen, we spent the first month or two of the season impressed with C.J. Stroud and that passing game. But, Matt, 16-24 to for 140 yards and 30 rushing attempts for the Houston Texans. I wonder if there's a little bit more balance, and I wonder if we overstated some of C.J. Stroud back in September. Well, Stroud had season lows across the board. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know he's he was just so good early. Uh, I mean, Nico Collins was in for like a smash game. I thought that didn't happen. Pierce and Singletary. I mean, uh, Pierce twelve for forty six. Singletary ten for thirty. A couple of targets. Uh, I mean, Adam Thielen had eleven targets, eight catches, seventy two yards, and that was a disappointment. Right. I mean, 15, 15 points, and I was disappointed. Right, because expectations have changed so much now, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the Houston offense, the one thing I did right, I put them in that teaser with the Jets, so I had them plus four. I did not feel comfortable. I felt like it was a trap laying three and a half. So when I was able to get over the field goal, I was like, let's do it. And then I got lucky they got that last second field goal. It was a two-point game. So yep. we'll take that. <laughs> Fair enough. I was actually lucky with my teaser and it mattered. I teased three eight and a half point favorites last week down to two and a half. The Detroit Lions, Los Angeles Chargers, and your Buffalo Bills. And I needed that tease going down to two and a half on Thursday night because of that last touchdown you mentioned already off the helmet to Mike Evans. Let's get one more game in here. Um, Seattle. Beats the Cleveland Browns 24 to 20. I got to I gotta ask you, you know, we both have said going into the season that as the season goes on, sometimes rookies get more and more work. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, five carries, 53 yards, was on the field for 56% of the snaps. Kenneth Walker, eight of 66. Is there any shift in the kind of percentages, balances here that managers need to have an eye on as Seattle goes into the fall and the winter? Well, I, I think both run, uh, both backfields in this game okay. were interesting. But Walker was on the injury report Wednesday yeah. and Thursday with yeah. a calf or something. And then Friday was not. It was gone. So it was kind of interesting. Look, Charbonnet's a talent. He is talented. Uh, I would definitely monitor it. I still think it's Walker's backfield. But, you know, if Charbonnet's out there, I'm picking him up. Because, you know, the, the thing on Seattle side that was really crazy is like Geno – really has gone back this year. He's got nine touchdowns, six interceptions. I told you that in the preseason, Matt. And said, lately, this he's the been ceiling growing picks more and more like these last couple of games. Uh, I mean, Lockett really stepped up with the eight receptions, the touchdown. DK had 14 targets. I mean, but I think DK has about two games of 75 yards or more, which is kind of shocking. Uh, DK laid a fantastic block. On the JSN touchdown. Mm. That was really sad. He had the guy and released. Sometimes, you know, you hold right. too long. But he ha- he made the block and then released, which was – and JSN was able to turn that corner. Cleveland backfield was a three-headed monster this week. I mean, I can't even believe Pierre Strong was able to play. Uh, not, 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 not Pierre Strong, Ford. I mean, Ford, oh, we Ford. thought, was out for like two weeks. Then we saw the video of him in practice. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on here? So hopefully that gets clarified. Uh, um, Amare Cooper, you know, he continues to put up solid numbers like 14, yeah. 15 points. Elijah Moore, I thought was really going to have a season, and I know it's PJ Walker, but it just ain't, it seems like it ain't going to happen. And then Joku came to life this game, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, 
Like the ghost uh, of Christmas past. Yeah, the joke is on you with David and Joku potentially here. Fantasy freestyle, giving you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. That's what we're doing here. Looking back at what happened last week and trying to see what's sustainable, what's real, so you could project for your playoff run here in fantasy football. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Up next here on the Fantasy Freestyle is a game that, quite frankly, Matt, I don't know how much there is to talk about because I see it as such an anomaly. The upset of the season, in my opinion, the Denver Broncos handle the Kansas City Chiefs 24-9 to in what many people believe is Mahomes' worst effort of his career. Now listen, there was some weather involved. Mahomes was supposed to have a little bit of an illness. And, you know, uh, Taylor Swift wasn't in the building. And Kelsey splits <laughs> with and without uh Miss uh, Swift are really different. Is there anything actually sustainable that you see from this game? Uh, on the Denver side, Javante uh, seems like a workhorse now. Hmm, really, you know, he was getting all the action there. Judy and Sutton scored. It was good to see Judy, you know, do something. Uh, on the flip side with Kansas City, it was just like they shot themselves in the foot over and over yeah. again. I mean, they just kept turning the ball over. That Hardman uh, fumble on the punt was just killer. That that ended the game right there. He fumbled inside the ten. Sky Moore sucks. Yep, like, he does. Just get him out. Just use Rasheed Rice more and more. Uh, I mean, Rice really looks like the guy there. And hopefully, right. this game versus Miami and Germany is really going to be fireworks and all that. So that's really my only takeaways. I think we can move on. And Fair enough. There's nothing to say. Fair enough. The Baltimore Ravens continue to roll going into the desert and taking out the Cardinals 31 to 24. I got to tell you something. I continue to be impressed with this Ravens offense now in this Todd Monken system. I mean, and you know when Lamar only has to throw a complete 18 passes for 157 yards, but they look good. I mean, Gus Edwards running the ball and Lamar spreading it around. You know, Andrews gets the touchdown. Flowers gets five catches, but only for 19 yards. Hill, Bateman, Isaiah Likely, they're all involved. And again, you know how I always use the term the fantasy herd and how it is maybe bad for a fantasy manager, but great for the actual NFL team. And I think this Baltimore offense and Baltimore in general really has to be considered now a true contender in the AFC. Yeah, I was hoping for like a 30, 40-point game from Lamar. Yeah. Uh, Gus got three touchdowns. I, I give Arizona's defense credit. I mean, Buda Baker was back. They played tough. They just – the offense just kept shooting themselves in the foot, couldn't do anything. Uh, I believe Dobbs is being replaced with Boone this weekend before the uh, before Kyler comes Kyler. back. Uh, the takeaway from the Ravens for me is – Who's going to be that third pass catcher? It seems like they really want Beckham to be that guy. They just haven't had the hookups the week before. He had the most targets in the blowout versus the Lions. Uh, but Bateman isn't dead yet. I mean, Bateman's still somebody, like a, a waiver week, if you're really that hurt. He's getting open. You know, he dropped touchdowns a couple of weeks back. But, you know, just something that – I'm not saying you got to be active on it, but to have on like a watch list, just yeah. see how that because on the Arizona side, Demarcado got 20 rushes, mm -hmm. 78 yards, only one target. I thought he'd get a lot of targets. And it was weird in the tight end premium league we played, me and my partner, in the flex, we had Demarcado. He's like, you want to put McBride in? It's tight end premium. Mm. And I was like, I just kind of feel safe. I want to get some points. 
And well, you would have got was, a ton of points if you started McBride. <laughs> yeah, and I was furious. I'm like, this is going to cost us a win. It's costing us like 20 point difference. Yeah. We won the game, thank God, 182, like 177. Nice. So we bailed yeah. out there, but I left like 20 points. So I'm still, still bothering me there. But on the flip side, Kyler should be back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And look, they're going to play this guy. They can't not play him. If he's healthy, you know, I, I know they want that number one pick and all, but what are you going to tell the guy? We're not going to play you. Right. I mean, that's not going to happen. So maybe Wilson. I still have high hopes for Wilson. Hollywood continues. And now McBride is the guy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be a safety valve. And if, you know, if he's out there in your leagues, I'd be picking him up. Yeah, fair enough. I'll let you know that McBride is only on rosters in 20% of leagues. So we'll talk about him when we get to the tight ends. I know you threw him out last week as well as a potential waiver wire guy. And if you did listen to the fantasy freestyle where we help you win your leagues and win that cash and you, you know, if you listen to us last week on the tight ends, collectively, Matt, we were talking about McBride, Kincaid and Taysom Hill. And if you went with any of those three, you are happy that you are subscribed to the Fantasy Freestyle. Let's keep it moving here. Cincinnati takes out the San Francisco 49ers in the Bay Area, 31-17. And, you know, when we were doing this pod, I don't know, a month, a month and a half ago, I was expressing concern about Joe Burrow, that kind of like, oh, as he gets re-healthy from the calf, you talk about how he always had slow starts. And then on the flip side, we were talking about how Brock Purdy and the Niners were the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I almost think we're now flipping the panic button, right? Like Burrow is starting to look good again. You know, only four incompletions, 282 yards, three touchdowns, hitting chase as he usually does. But Purdy has two interceptions, hasn't really looked as crisp. I don't know if that's because there's no Debo Samuel or, you know, whether it's uh, a little bit of a seventh round Mr. Irrelevant pick as time goes on, starting to get figured out a little bit. I know you've been a big fan of Burrow the entire time. What have you been seeing out of both of these quarterbacks, Burrow looking really good, and Purdy raising some questions over the last few weeks? Well, I think the bye came perfect for both teams. Yeah. Cincinnati had the bye the previous week. Burrow got to become 100%. Burrow, like you said, 28 and 32 in the last two weeks, what's blowing my mind is the Niners' defense is getting shredded. Mm-hmm. They're not getting pressure. Between Burrow and Cousins, that's like 77 dropbacks. They got three sacks this week. But, I mean, the passing game, they're just getting lit up time and time again, which is shocking. Uh, Burrow, you got to be happy. You know, they got the Bills on Monday night this week. That should be hopefully, you know – High-octane game. Chase, you know, 12, 10, 100, one touchdown. T. Higgins is the guy that's got to emerge here. He did catch six. I mean, he did get six targets, caught five for 59. But they need him to make that. You know, he's got to be the T. Higgins of all. The T. Higgins we know he can be. Purdy, look, here's the problem with with San Francisco. No Trent Williams, Mm. which has affected their run game, too. And no Debo. I mean, Debo is just somebody else you got to account for. I mean, Ayuk got nine targets, and I thought the last two weeks Ayuk would get even more. It didn't happen. Kittle had a big game. CMC, the two touchdowns. Uh, not as many rushes as I thought he'd have, but involved in the passing game as always. I'm not worried about the Niners. Okay. Uh, I, I think they figure it out. They, if they can get 
a trade and help the secondary, I think that would be good today. Okay. But I think the defense will come together. You get Trent Williams back. You get Debo back. And as in fantasy, as with the NFL, you don't want to pop early. That's you know? fair. You want to be good, you know, but you want to be better in that second half. Is when you really want to hit your stride. There's still in the NFL, not fantasy, you know, 17-week season. No, absolutely. Uh, I still think they're an elite team. Uh, Purdy, I, I guess with the way things have transpired, maybe been put in some situations, hasn't made the best decisions. I still think this kid is good. Uh, I still think he's going to – this offense is good. This defense has to be better. So that's my take. Yeah. Right and listen, I think you're right. I think the buy comes at the right time so that they can kind of, you know, figure some things out and obviously get a little bit healthier when you have an all pro left tackle and such a do it all kind of guy like Debo to potentially get back, you know, to your point, it could help them start to ramp up at the right time in the second half of the season and into January. Sunday night football, Chargers take care <laughs> of the Bears 30 to 13. Now, listen, I think we know most of what these players are on both sides of this game. The guy I want to ask you about, and again, because rookies tend to grow mm -hmm. and ascend yeah. as the season goes along. We know big Mike Williams is down for the rest of the year with his knee injury. You were calling him, him the entire preseason. Listen, mm -hmm. Quentin Johnston, five catches, 50 yards, and he looks like more of an option in this offense. Like Palmer's going to get his, but then Palmer went to the sidelines for a second, and I thought it looked like it could have been bad. Good for him. He returned to the game on Sunday night, but I think it provided a little bit of an opportunity for them to go to the rookie out of TCU. And as I kind of, I think he capitalized on it. Is there room here of a narrative where Johnston kind of ascends here in the back half of the regular season for the Chargers? I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, uh, Palmer, though, has really impressed me. Yeah. Uh, and how he came back in that game. I thought he was done. When he grabbed his knee. Mm -hmm. I thought he was, right. he was He was like done. hopping on the sideline straight to the blue tent. Yeah. I mean, so I think Johnston has to be more integrated into this offense. And that's the hope. I have him stashed. So... Look, the Chargers were the better team. And, and the Bears, the wide-open touchdown, the guy can't come up with it. A couple of calls. Clement broke free. They blew the whistle. Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll say the kid Bayesian. Here's my takeaway from the Bears. He looks like he can play in this league. He belongs, is he yeah. Be, is he going to be fantastic? No. But the DJ Moore effect, he's become – like that, after that 49-point game with Fields, we thought, like, everybody was super excited. He's become, more, right now, until Fields gets back, he's more of just, like, a safer play like that. Right. Like, 10, 15-point guy, it's looking like right now, which is unfortunate. Foreman got game scripted out of there. Yep. So, that was over. That's really all I got to say about this game. All right, fair enough. And then, you know, the week concluded on Monday night, the Detroit Lions at home take care of the Raiders. Could have looked a lot different if they got sevens instead of threes, if they didn't have a pick six by Peters all the way to the house. It could have been a bigger blowout. To mm -hmm. me, listen, this was the Jameer Gibbs kind of breakout, 152 yards on the ground. But Reynolds even did work. I mean, the Lions ran for a total of like 220, 230 yards on this, on this uh, Raiders defense. And then, listen, you're not going to do much when... And Devontae Adams has, you know, one catch for 11 yards. That's what stood out to me, as well as the Adams frustration that he exhibited on the sidelines. You know, there's rumors around the trade deadline. I don't think he's going to get moved, yeah. per se. But these teams are going in opposite directions, Matt. 
I don't think Devontae is getting traded. Look, Devontae asked to become a Raider. Yeah. Well, he asked, and, though, not because Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. He asked when Carr, his bosom buddy, was under center. I understand that. But when you ask that, things change and, yeah. you know, whatever. And look, his last four games, one reception, seven, two, and four. That's kind of crazy. 14. He has 14 catches in his last four games. He has 14 catches in a game. Right. But he really goes on. So, I mean, look, Jimmy G, is it, it, I don't even know if he's fully healthy. Neither. He's not. And he's getting crushed there. In the- is he a great quarterback? By no means. But you saw earlier in the year, look, this team is averaging 16 points a game, like the third lowest in, in the league. Yeah. But you saw earlier he would get the ball to Jacoby and stuff. And, I mean, outside of that one drive by Jacobs, they had nothing. Uh, you said Gibbs, 31 touches, 189 yards. Now the sad part is they have Dubai. Montgomery's coming back. Let's right. see how this shakes out. But hopefully he's got more of a role. That's the hope here. LaPorta. LaPorta was fantastic. He was. dropped that late. Could have had another one, but he dropped it. Yep. Could have had another one. Actually cost me a game. I lost by like four points in that one. But I, the guy was just, he was great. So I, I can't argue that. And even when I'm on Ross, kind of quiet, had an illness. Still 100 yards. Nine, six, 108. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and if you could think about, you know, the triplets, as it were, right? You know, you got Gibbs out there doing his thing. The sun god, even like you said, on kind of banged up in what could be considered an off day with over 100 yards and then eight catches for the rookie tight end Laporta. The Lions are really doing something. And I think people need to stand up and take notice. All right. It's my favorite time of the pod. All right. I'm going to give you the three most (laughs) heavily added uh, folks at different positions, and these guys are under 50% on rosters. So at the running back position, I'll give you three guys that have been added. One is up in your neck of the woods in Buffalo is Leonard Fournette, who is set to start on the practice squad in Buffalo. We talked a little bit about Mercado. He's only on rosters in 36% of leagues coming off that 20 carry 78 yard performance. And then and then there's Henderson, uh, who's 45% on rosters for the Rams. And listen, that backfield is a mess. They have a bye, and I know Kyron Williams should be coming back as well in the next couple of weeks. But would you add these guys? I think from what I've heard when we were going game by game, it sounds like you would have DeMarcado as your top priority. Is that correct? Um, Probably him or Henderson. It's kind okay. of like a coin flip there. Don't really love any of these options. Okay. I would like to see DeMarcado get more pass catches. You know, you think that could happen when Kyler comes back? It could, but I, I don't know how far away uh, Connor is. Connor is James Concrete Connor, who I got to say, I didn't draft. Terminator. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with the Rams, if Stafford don't play, right. Henderson's even less appealing. Yeah. Though they'll probably. They'll probably lean on him, but, you know, they're going to be focused on that. So it's, I mean, really not ideal. I mean, maybe DeMarcado. Look, you're going to have to maybe use these guys. Yeah. You know, I got to start Justice Hill in a, in, in, a, in a league or two. Of course, I got buys and injuries. So, you know, not ideal situations, but you got yeah, to get to the guys in that are going to start. Guys like Javante Williams, guys like Gibbs, we talk about ETN, who we mm-hmm. talked about, of course, CMC on a bye this week as yeah, well. Yeah. So you may be go. forced into some tough decisions at the wide receiver position here, Maddie. Uh, your boy, 
Rashid Shahid, <laughs> who is on rosters in only 36% of leagues. He had some big plays. I wonder, you know, it's almost to me like he's more of a best ball kind of guy because they use him so far down the field. You're even talking about Olave's air yards as well. Demario Douglas, who we talked about, probably taking the spot of Kendrick Bourne in that, you know, I still think below average Patriots passing game. And then, you know, I usually say below 50%. This guy is at 51% of rosters, and we talked about it before, but there was a Jahan Dotson sighting as mm-hmm. well. Eight catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Of those three guys or others that are on your radar, what are you prioritizing? I mean, I got to say Dotson just for the okay. upside. I mean, we finally saw it. We've been waiting all year. It's been a major disappointment here. Uh, I mean, Demario Douglas I do kind of like who was the first guy again? Uh Dodson, Douglas, and your boy Shahid. Shahid. Look, I would go Douglas over Shahid because probably maybe a volume, safer right? play in volume, the volume. Safer floor, yeah. I like Shahid should almost had a touchdown against Jacksonville. I, I think this kid is really talented. I think he needs to be more of an integral part, but you got a Lave. You got Wilson, Taysom Hill's in there. You got Kamara getting all these. So like you said, I think Shahid's more of a best ball guy right now. I do like talent, but he would probably be third on my list here. I think you got to take the shot with Dotson. I did it last week. Uh, I dropped Jalen Reed for Dotson. Somebody dropped Dotson. And I spent, I don't know, 100 something or maybe up to 200. Just because on the upside, I think this guy's too good. And, you know, you, you put him on your bench, unfortunately, on my bench, 24 yeah. points this week. All right. At the tight end position, I mean, we talked about all of these guys in the context of their team performances. But, you know, Trey McBride only on rosters in 20 percent of leagues coming mm-hmm. off that 10 catch effort. And, you know, Zach Ertz to IR. You got Taysom Hill. I'm telling you, I've been telling you almost all season. I think he's actually viable and and frighteningly more consistent than what you can get production-wise from a lot of tight ends. And then I'm cheating again, but Dalton Kincaid is now up to 71% on rosters. But do you due diligence? Because, you know, one out of every three or four people listening to the Fantasy Freestyle right now could get Kincaid. And I mean, I think we've talked about it already, but all three of these guys you think are viable to add and use if they're out there in your league, correct? Yeah, and like with Kincaid, if he is available, you got to drop a bag on him. Uh, he's a wide receiver. He's, yeah, you know, that's in that he He's listed as a tight end, but even college, he was, basically runs wide receiver route. And like we mentioned with uh, Johnston, you're looking for these rookies to hit it midseason and blow up. And Knox is gone. And the Bills, off, the Bills are going to have to outscore teams. They don't have that defense anymore. Milano is just huge. Trey White was finally back yep. from that injury. It looked like this year. He's gone. Uh, they had a couple other like they didn't have Ed Oliver, Oliver. I think. Versus, yeah, he was out versus the Patriots. That was a major blow. So uh, yeah, I mean the tight end. And if if what's his name is out again this week, uh, I don't know how. I don't think it's a long term injury. But Gerald Everett, if he's out, hmm. Barham again. Barham. I mean, Barham is always that like touchdown dependent play usually because they like to look at him in the red zone. He gets the targets. So it's like a Hail Mary kind of play, but he was yeah. more involved this week. I'm kind of pissed. I did one of those last-minute moves. One of my boys was talking about Jawan Johnson. He was coming back. And I was like, you know what? This kid's talented. The preseason, I flipped him. It cost me a game. Then, mm-hmm. you know, 
one catch for five, the other guy had 16 points. Yeah. Shit happens. I do think um, Everett should be ready to post next week. Mm -hmm. The Chargers are on Monday night taking out the Jets uh, because he was like a true game time decision. They called it last week. So you got to figure if he continues to progress, he will be up. But we shall see. Like I said, the Chargers take on the Jets. That will be in week nine. And after week nine concludes, you know what you got to do. Check us out here on the Fantasy Freestyle as we react and respond on your path to fantasy football glory, or at least getting to the playoffs where everybody's got a chance. So for my man, Matty Modica, I am merely the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, telling you to like, follow, subscribe, drop a five-star review. It truly does help. Hopefully we gave you insights on every game, every team, and what to do in response on the waiver wire and the implications of all these quarterback injuries as the trade deadline approaches, or by the time you hear this as it has just passed we'll be back to talk about whatever happens next week we'll see you then good luck in week nine we're out of here peace Uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs i just hope we can win a game